welcome back to Gospel Centered Rest, a podcast where we discuss topics of life and theology and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and the heavy laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. I am joined again with Pastor David Robinson. And David, today is a special episode. Not only is it July, yes. but um, today's special episode, we are answering basically like a handful of questions. Yes. Questions that we've gotten, um, I would say over probably the last year or so in one form or another. And we decided, hey, why don't we just do a podcast just dedicated to these questions and hopefully get some discussion on some of these topics going. It's a brilliant idea, Tyler. So did you want to well share done. anything before we get started? Nothing. Anything more about your weeds or nothing? the lawn or no. anything like that? No, that was way too personal to share <laughs> over the the vast, or the, all the countries that listen to this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we do get some <laughs> listeners from, from South Africa and, uh, Hungary, oh, but I think, Hungary. The, I think Hungary. I'm going to shout out to, to, to the country of Hungary. Yeah. I was there a year and a bit ago. That was the last Loved country it. you were in. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love the people. Um, yeah. so welcoming and, uh, and hospitable and hungry for the gospel, like the gospel. So it was, it was a privilege to be there with them. Yeah. And I think there's plans of going back there, right. And doing yeah. something similar, like biblical counseling yep. Uh, yep. seminar. So good. Well, today we're, we're going to call it mailbag with the pastors. Um, so that could be like, you know, Q and a comes in. We, we, nice. and we just want to say like, if you do have questions you like us to address, go ahead and send them in. And we'd love to talk about them. If you go on gospel rest.ca on our website, um, you can send, you can send a form that's right there on that page and ask us a question. And we'd love to uh, bring it up and discuss it as a, uh, as pastors. And we will keep it anonymous. We will use maybe, fake, maybe, <laughs> maybe. No, we will. <laughs> I kind of like the people are thinking. I kind of like the idea of just making people think like, oh, oh no, are they going to use my name or not? Or we could do, we could just use the initials. Yeah, okay. Who usually sit in the third row on the left? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a very vague description. Well, this question actually is more kind of come out of a recent sermon that you preached. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we thought it would be good to start with this one, but how does the gospel impact our parenting? When you think of, you know, the gospel and parent in a good book, by the way, book plug is uh, the one by trip 12 gospel principles about parenting. I can see oh, it okay. right up there. Parenting. Yeah. Some, yeah. Something like that. Anyways, good yeah. book. It's fairly new. And he just walks through how the gospel impacts more us as, a, oh. as, as parents and our character okay. and the way that we respond to our kids. But yeah. for you, David, when you think of a question like this, where would you, where, where, where do you take it? Yeah, this comes from uh, the sermon a few weeks ago on Acts 13 and just talked about how the law and parenting. And so what can happen in parenting is that when we tell our children, no, don't do that, um, mm. do this, it would be like someone telling us, say from the pulpit or even reading from scripture, don't do that, but do this, <coughs> excuse mm. me. And um, it, there is a sense in which we need to hear that, but mm. we need to hear it with different ears usually because um, 
and, and this is from Paul in Acts 13 saying, uh, like, we're, we're justified not by the works of the law. We're right. justified by faith. And so when we taught, when we share the gospel with our children, we often share it in a way where we're saying, you know, if you believe on Jesus, he'll save you from your sins and um, he loves you and he'll look after you. And so let's say that we're telling our children, and again, I understand that we're not doing this all the time, but there's a general yeah. atmosphere. There's a general sense where we're doing this often. And this is the direction of our parenting um, where we're saying, you know, you really do need to obey mom and dad, like even, mm-hmm. even when they're young, like a year and a half two, a year, um, you really do need to obey mom and dad. And we know it's going to be hard on you and we know it's going to be a struggle. Um, but the gospel is not just that Jesus saves us. The gospel is that Jesus gives us the strength mm-hmm. to obey him. Mm-hmm. So we're called to, we're called to, as, as parents to, to say to our children, like not just the message of salvation, but the message of the empowering work of, of mm-hmm. God through mm-hmm. the gospel in our life. Um, I, I read this quote actually just this morning. Um, it is true. We are free to choose, but to choose what is rightly requires grace. Mm-hmm. We're free to choose, um, but to choose what is rightly requires grace. And I think that summarizes what I'm trying to get across in the sense of go- the gospel impact on our parenting, which is we're asking our children to choose but if they're going to choose rightly, yeah. they need grace. And we need to talk to them about what grace is. We talk to them about what obedience is. But to be able to talk about grace and, and even the various pictures in Scripture of God enabling God's people to do things because of his grace. So, mm-hmm. yeah. By the way, I'm trying to be brief. Oh, yeah. We've got no. five questions, so I'd love to say more. No, that's but good. I'm trying to... No, that's good. How's that? Is that yeah. brief enough? Yeah, no, no okay. I, I think that's good. And I remember... Um, we watched through Ted Tripp's series. So this isn't Paul Tripp's. Yeah. This is his, his older brother who he says is his older, wiser brother. Uh, but this is Ted Tripp's series, Shepherding a Child's Heart. And, mm-hmm. and uh, we have the DVD series, I think at home. And he, he mentions that, that how important that conversation is like, yeah. like with your kids is having that moment of gospel instruction and explaining yeah. that, you know, through Jesus, um, he's going to give you the power. Now we have like little kids at home yeah. and we know they're not going to understand all of the nuances of no, all that, but they don't need to, but they, they, they don't. And yeah. like you said, this is a, this is a, this is not just a conversation you have in those moments of discipline. This is a conversation you have, you know, yeah. when you're around the table, when mm-hmm. you're, um, it comes in so many different ways yeah. and it's laying a foundation. And I remember Ted Tripp even saying that, like he, he had, he had noticed how his grandchildren were responding to his son and he mm-hmm. thought, man, like this is incredible. They're having this gospel response with these words of the gospel towards their dad in this moment that they're feeling upset. Um, and then him just realizing like my kids are really invested into having these, you know, these gospel conversations yeah. with their children. Yeah. And so you got to be in it for the long haul. You do. And right? it, it is amazing how much encouragement our children need. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we understand that they can get discouraged with their disobedience yeah. because it's almost like a Roman seven moment where it's like, <laughs> I don't do what I want to do, but things I do do, I don't yeah. want to do. And, 
it's, it can become discouraging and, and that's where grace, and, and I think we need to be able to articulate it practically for them. In other words, not just say, you know, God's grace will help you out. It's like, they're like, well, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. whatever that means. And, you know, just to be able to say like, when you're struggling with obeying mom and dad, you know, these are some of the things you can do. Like, mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, if you do disobey, there is a place of grace. Yeah. Um, there's, yeah. you know, it doesn't remove consequences. Uh, necessarily, but there's mm-hmm. a place where you can come and confess and yeah. and find forgiveness and yeah. a father and a mother who love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good, so good. So and, and um, the follow up to shepherding child's heart is age of opportunity. Yes, yeah. which is if you have um, if you're going into the teenage years, I think it's yeah. a brilliant book because yeah. it, it talks about the shift from really obedience um, to to ministry mm. um, and to taking those uh, teenage years as opportunities to minister. Now. I mean, we're always ministering to our kids in that sense, but mm-hmm. um, it, it talks about how to do that practically with yeah. young people. Yeah, like so practical, it's, it's practical discipleship on that level with Absolutely. your with your children. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I think I think this is good. And maybe at some point again, I know we did do an episode a while ago on family family discipleship and yeah. things like that. But um, but it's always something good to bring up every once in a while mm-hmm. and and to just encourage the parents out there um, yeah. when we are feeling weary. Yeah, we're all we're all here to support and encourage one another. Yeah. So, Oh yeah. It's exhausting. <laughs> it can be exhausting. It can be, yep. can be. Um, all right. So next question, um, this, this came, came from someone. I won't name the person or the pew or the pew sit. or where they sit or any, or their, exactly. or their eye color or anything this like that. Totally anonymous. <laughs> totally anonymous. So, Here's a question. I am discipling someone that's, that is very angry and bitter. They continue to betray me with their unkind words, constant blaming and consistent verbal bashing. How do I care for them well and spur them on towards growth without continuing to allow myself to be the brunt of their hurt and anger? Yeah. It's a great question. It's a hard one to answer in a few minutes. Yeah, but I will, I will, okay, I'll say two things in trying to be precise is I will say, um, first of all, I'm very thankful for this conversation, mm-hmm. which might actually sound strange, but I'm thankful for two reasons. First of all, I'm thankful that they're being very honest. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow in the relationship, they have this complete freedom to feel, to express their anger and bitterness towards you yeah. or towards the person and <laughs> say unkind words and uh, blame. And, you know, they're consistent. The, the question was consistent verbal bashing. So yeah, whatever that is, that's a very honest conversation. I mean, they're not trying to hide. They're not trying to be nice. They're trying to, they're, they're just, they're being who they are. They're, they're hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we could say it this way, their, 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 their heart, God sees, we're seeing their heart the way that God sees their heart. Mm. Um, they're, they're not hiding anymore. And then the second reason why I'm thankful is then if they're being very honest, I can have a very honest conversation, a very <laughs> yeah. gracious and truthful conversation. So, you know, if, if that's continually happening, then just being able to say, you know, our conversations, um, with our conversations, you're, you're angry, you're bitter you say unkind things, uh, you blame me for things that, um, are just not true and I'm just mm. not doing. And I feel like I'm always being verbally attacked. Uh, and I just need you to know that. And I am happy to work through that with you. 
Um, but it is very hurtful and, um, and it doesn't bear the fruit of the spirit that would build up the relationship. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I think at minimum it allows for an honest conversation. Now they, they may not be willing to have that honest gr- conversation to grow towards, to, towards grace. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point you may have to say, I, I can't continue having these conversations. I would like to continue, but I can't continue. Um, Mm -hmm. these conversations because I don't want to enable um, and and for you to think it's okay for for you to talk to me this way. Um, But if you're willing to have like in time, if you're willing to have a fruit of the spirit conversation where you're growing and we're dealing with your anger and bitterness and working towards kindness and forgiveness, then I'd be happy to have that conversation with Mm -hmm. you. And something that I try to remember too in those moments, because it, it, it can be hard because it, it becomes, it can become personal, yep. you know, when you're, when you're being treated that way. But, um, but usually it's a pattern generally in that person's life. And, and like you were saying, like you're, you're kind of in that moment thinking, you know, thank you Lord for revealing this. Cause it gives me an opportunity to have these conversations yep. that otherwise that I wouldn't have. Um, with the person before, but you're also, um, um, there's a, there's a number of things you're reminded of, but just of God's own grace to your, to yourself. Mm-hmm. And how can I, in this moment, show grace to this person? And I think that's a really good way of putting it, David, that, that it becomes a way that you can speak honestly and openly because <laughs> generally, I mean, kind of a general rule yeah. of thumb is we talk to people the way we want to be talked to yeah. in a way that we expect people to talk to us yeah. too. And not that we're going to, you know, bash or, or get angry at somebody and be unkind, but we can, in that we have an opportunity to show grace and compassion yeah. in our words, but, but be honest with our, with our words. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not thankful to have those conversations yeah. in the sense where <laughs> oh, yeah, is, I found yeah. an angry person and yeah. finally they're being angry because I've missed that in my life. It's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that, but it is, it's raw. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes what Christians are afraid not to have is just an honest conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and God's word speaks a lot about anger and a lot about bitterness and, and there's places to go. Um, and, and ultimately being able to, point to you know forgiveness and repentance and and what a new light like could you imagine being able to speak into into that and say could you imagine the conversation would be like if it was filled with the fruit of the spirit and not bitterness like would you not like that conversation Mm -hmm. would you not like to um have kind words pour out of your mouth Mm -hmm. rather and pour out of your heart ultimately so what's going on with your heart what can we talk about um because obviously um nobody I mean, th- those conversations just tear down and they don't build up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really, that's an Ephesians four moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know, exactly. and, and speaking of Ephesians four moments, yeah. this is going to slide us right into the next question. Nice. Do we want to say anything else about oh, that? I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm going precise. We're going precise. precise. <laughs> Even so, though people are saying he's still rambling. Yeah. But no, I'm honestly <laughs> hungry. I'm going concise hungry, here. Hungry. Hungry. <laughs> just bear with us. Another shout out. Um, <laughs> Question number three kind of in a way relates because I, I think I would 100%. I would take both of these to Ephesians four. I yeah. just think Ephesians four just gives us a beautiful picture of of how the gospel impacts the way we talk to one another. And like you're saying with love and forgiveness. Uh, but question number three, my spouse and I have been fighting a lot lately. It seems that 
the more we fight, the more we drift apart. We fight about the uh, we fight more and more about minor things, and sometimes that turn into huge. Those turn into huge fights. What should we do? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. There, I mean, okay. I'm gonna try and be concise. Yeah. But like <laughs> you said, it's it's um, it, it's an Ephesians four moment. I would say two things in my pursuit of conciseness. I would say first of all, the first sentence is my spouse and I have been fighting a lot lately. And I would just change that to, I have been fighting a lot lately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know that can be misunderstood and I'm not saying you're the spouse, you know, you're not trying to figure it out with your spouse, but sometimes you look at your own heart and you say like, why am I always fighting? Mm-hmm. Like what is going on inside of me? Uh, not what's going on inside of the relationship, but what's going on inside of me. Um, just like we said previously, uh, like, an angry person, probably given the choice, would like a very kind and, and compassionate conversation. Um, spouses that are fighting the, would probably love not to fight. And, and <laughs> why is that? Um, and so I, I think it's time, first of all, to search our hearts before the other person. And again, mm-hmm. depending on the circumstances, be able, to, be able to go to the spouse. Could you imagine if this happened? And say, <laughs> I have been fighting with you a lot lately help me understand that. So it's a Genesis or Genesis. Um, it's an Ephesians four, two moment where, um, living out the calling that God has called us to, mm. um, being completely humble and gentle with one another. And so I want to humble myself before my spouse, um, with gentleness, with patience, with long suffering and say, I've been, I've been fighting with you a lot. Help me understand that. Help me understand me in this relationship before God's word. And then I would say the second thing is um, usually if you're fighting more minor things that turn into huge fights, you're actually not fighting minor things. Yeah. You're, fine, you're fighting either a culmination of years where the small things have built up into big things and then there's common themes in those big things um, or that there's something that's been unresolved that's significant in the past that you just have not dealt with. So um, sometimes you'll listen to a couple, and, and, and it, it, it happens exactly like this, where it's just a small thing. Mm-hmm. And, and then all of a sudden it blows up into this big thing. And I've tried to explain it in the past where it's like each brick is an unresolved issue, or, you know, it doesn't, there, there isn't, forgiveness there there's continued anger and bitterness there's no longer truth you're afraid to speak the truth um whatever you're you're hiding personally a lot more sins in your life Mm -hmm. the past whatever it might be um and and so you don't have some of those honest truthful gospel conversations and so imagine each brick is never resolved so you get this big pile of bricks so when you hear someone arguing over a minor thing in my understanding that's just another brick on that big pile that's never been resolved. And so of course they're not arguing about the minor thing. Like they could resolve that. No problem. So I think that's part of biblical care and counseling is being able to begin with the character or heart. What's some of the unfruitful, um, character and unfruitful actions. How do we go to the cross and then how do we bear fruit, um, in our relationship? Mm -hmm. So, no, that's good. And that's where, like you said, um, 
sitting down with somebody who can walk us through the passage, maybe yeah. like as a couple, mm-hmm. like, um, just asking, asking for help, the church, maybe, maybe another older couple that can sit us down and just, just help us, um, think through this yeah. in an Ephesians four and five kind yeah. of way, I, I think can be so, so helpful for these situations. Yeah. Ephesians four is, is actually a very interesting passage because it talks about, uh, you know, uh, um, just the expression of the gospel and, and all throughout Ephesians, but, um, in Ephesians four twenty five, it talks about therefore. So you're going to put the gospel into gospel action now. And yeah. the very first thing it says about the relationship is put away lying, uh, speak the truth, each one to his neighbor. So what is going to be one of the hardest things in our relationship? Truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I love the way that it's written because it says put putting away lying. And Paul, why does why does it like why doesn't he just begin with speak truth? And why does he say putting away lying? Because God knows that I will lie. I will hide like Adam and Eve. I will hide. So God Mm. knows that. So he says, okay, we don't have to pretend you're just going to lie. So let's, let's, let's not sweep that under the carpet. Let's just have this honest conversation. And God's word is the most honest book in the world. I mean, it's just incredibly heartbreakingly, sometimes Mm -hmm. heartbreakingly honest, but it says, don't lie, speak truth. And then a little later on, it talks about how to speak truth um, so no unwholesome words to come from your mouth, but mm. only what is good for building mm. someone up. So in, in according to their needs. So if I'm going to speak according to their needs, I need to know the other person. And if this couple, um, is fighting, they're, they're not actually getting to know the other person's needs. They're defending yeah. their own needs yeah, generally. And so what do we need to do? I need to ask myself, is this going to build up the relationship? Mm-hmm. Or is this going to build up my kingdom? Is this going to build up my life, my comfort, my whatever? Uh, and then, um, and if, if it's not, if it's unwholesome words, just don't say it. I, I think if couples are fighting, um, it, you know, sometimes just don't say it. And I know, yeah. I know that's incredibly difficult because you just, you, you get into those places, but um, just don't say it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so it, it builds up. Um, so that it gives grace to those who hear it. That's the final part of verse 29. Yeah. Does it give grace? Um, am I extending grace? Yeah. It's like giving a gift of grace with my words. Yeah. And he goes on to say, you know, and be kind and compassionate. Are yeah. my words being kind? Are they being compassionate? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting, like this passage in particular and into five, that it's all, it's not about getting ourselves serviced. It's all about serving mm-hmm. others. It's about serving the other person. Even in chapter five, verse 21, I think we kind of skip over this one a little bit because um, we want to jump right into the husbands and wives yeah, later yeah. on in the verse, uh, right, later on in the chapter. But this comes before any of that, yeah. submitting to one another in the fear of Christ, yeah. submitting to one another. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is a this is a mutual giving of grace, of kindness, of compassion, of love, walking in love to one another. It's putting each other's needs before our own. It's saying, how can I serve this other person mm-hmm. in this moment with my words, with yeah. my attitude, with my actions? Yeah. But it's a complete gospel transformation from the inside out for all of us. And we talked earlier about children. I mean, imagine, imagine bringing that thought process into Mm -hmm. our experience when we're disciplining our 
our yeah. children? Yeah. How can I be serving them and giving them grace and giving them compassion and kindness with truth, yeah. with truth, right? Oh, um, so much is taught by example, but mm-hmm. in, in all of parenting, even when our kids grow older, um, so much is taught through example. And what's interesting about the verse 21, verse 20 is, um, I know we have to move on, but giving <laughs> thanks um, always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you're fighting a lot, learn to give thanks to God. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, uh, thankfulness has is not a large part of our conversation usually. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. Good. Uh, that at least gets a conversation going. <laughs> I mean, when we meet with couples over yeah. this issue, uh, sometimes this takes, this could take weeks yeah. to flush out, yeah. to talk about, it could take years. Um, yeah. but you have to start somewhere and mm. you have to, and to reach out and to, and to ask for help is yeah. a, is a, is a great way. Cause it is speaking truth to that moment Absolutely. that I need help in this moment. Yeah. So, um, question number four. I want to read and study my Bible, but I find it so hard to find the time to do it. I, I find I can go an entire week without getting into God's word at least once. Uh, how can I see this turnaround? Yes. So I would say, first of all, just read your Bible. Yes. That's there. good. Good. Yeah. Um, if someone starts off with, I want to read and study my Bible, just look, read and study your Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, man up, woman up, <laughs> and, and do what, what you're called to do. And some people might say, oh, I'm like, I'll be a hypocrite because I don't actually want to. And it's not, it's not about that. It's, mm-hmm. it's about the, the discipline of reading God's word uh, because mm-hmm. we know that it's, it's so necessary, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. to, to be remind, not much of the world is going to remind us of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Genesis one, one in the beginning, God, and the rest of the Bible just explodes God because right. we, we don't, we don't naturally know him. We have really low thoughts of God. And if you say, okay, I, and then the, so I would say, read the Bible. Yeah. But I would also say that um, if, if you consistently read the Bible, um, it's, it's like we talked about with, do you really want to be an angry person? Mm-hmm. Do you really want to argue with your spouse all the time? Um, do you really want to be an immature Christian for the rest of your life? So reading the word um, and it talks, it's amazing how much, I mean, even in the book of Acts, they're always proclaiming the word. They're always teaching. Um, and so we just know that there are good things to put into our life. And one of those is reading. And, um, and then the final thing that I would say is, um, reading and studying your Bible individually is fantastic, but also meet with others. Mm -hmm. Um, like we're, we're doing prayer meetings on Tuesday night, short meditation, praying. That's, that's a, that's a excellent devotional time within community. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that can really encourage us like regularly attend Sunday. Don't stop making excuses for not coming. Um, the beach will be there. Yeah. Um, the water will still be there. The weeds, on, the, the weeds will still be there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, 
but just come to church and, yeah. and encourage someone. Um, o- open your Bibles, follow along um, mm-hmm. with the teaching, and you will grow and you will be strengthened and you will be prepared. Some people are, go through times of suffering and they say, oh, I never expected this. And it's like the Bible prepares us all over the place that mm-hmm. we're, we will go through times of suffering. So um, there is a peace and there is a rest. And, and Psalm 1 Obviously, like the tree planted by the water um, is really a theme for, for all of the Psalms. But we, through everything that the psalmist went through, he didn't walk with the wicked. That's right. Um, he became, uh, uh, he, in, 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 in God's word. He planted um, himself right. Right where he needed to be. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's important. And, and uh, something that I've, that I've been challenged with um, in the past in my youth, uh, and, and I try to encourage people with too, is if we ever get to a point where we're like, I'm just too busy, I can't, I can't do this. I can't meet with, you know, I can't meet with people. Um, I can't do church. I can't read my Bible. Um, I can't, you know, find time to be with my spouse. If we ever get to that point, then, then we are too busy and maybe something does yeah. need to change. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, if, if, if we get to the point of, you know, I just don't have time, well then something maybe needs to change and it may, it may be a hard decision to make. Um, and, and that's okay, but it is so worth it. Yeah. Plant yourself by the stream of life giving yeah. water, like Psalm chapter one. Yeah. First Peter puts it this way. It's like as newborn babes yeah. desire the sincere milk of the word. Yeah. It's like your life, not that, not that, you know, like our, our Peter's saying, you know, you need to see it as if your life depends on it. Yeah. Your, your life depends on the word. Um, and so we just, again, you know, sometimes we just got to make those, make those hard choices and just, just pick it up and read it. Yeah. Um, and there's audio Bibles. I mean, yeah. there's, we're almost like in today's age, Yeah. like I want to be nice here, but we're almost left with no excuse. Yeah. Like in a lot of ways, I think, um, yeah. in fact, the last few years I've, I've listened through the Bible, um, mm-hmm. while I've been commuting, mm-hmm. um, different things like that. So there's all, yeah. there's all kinds of ways that we can get into yeah. the word. Now there. Yeah. I'm glad you're the tough guy. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, now, well now you can be. But the I, I nice will. Guy. I'll be the nice guy. I would, <laughs> yeah, and I know you'd agree with this too. Yeah, that you know sometimes you hear this from young moms or yes. students, yes. like students who are just extremely busy. But but I guess what we're saying is it, it's just so worth it. Yes, it's it so is worth it. And, it and I I don't. I mean, there are days and and times where I struggle with reading it and mm-hmm. and. It, but it doesn't mean that you have to stay in those times. No, you don't. Uh, you don't. So, so just to be able to, we all struggle with this together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it is just so worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's like going to the gym for a workout and you mm-hmm. just feel better mm-hmm. after you get some, um, physical energy out mm-hmm. and expend that. And the same thing is our, our spiritual walk. Mm-hmm. I think the, the young family thing is a, is a good point because I know we're in that stage of life, but I just know a lot of moms that really struggle with that when they start to have yeah. kids and like, I can't find the time to, you know, XG yeah. Deuteronomy like I used to. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, and there is, there is God's abundant grace yeah. for those moments and those times. And sometimes we have to get creative, but at the same time, like your salvation isn't, 
isn't going to be in question because you're going through a season where things are just a little more intense than they usually are. And yeah. it's a little more difficult to find the time. And I, I like what you said about being creative because, and, and this is where sometimes I think, you know, husbands and wives can work together well. So mm-hmm. use family devotions mm-hmm. as your time for personal devotion. So you, you know that, you know, let's say that your wife is struggling with her devotions and she's just finding it hard. She's exhausted. She's tired because, you know, number of young children running around. So like the husband purposefully makes sure that there's five minutes or so to, um, after like with young children, just ministering to his family and ministering to his wife. Mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, if just before she goes to bed or they go to bed, like just reading a few verses and just praying for one another and saying these things. So, um, there, there isn't one right way to do this. Yeah. Um, within the creativity of opportunity. Yeah. Uh, to, to, but, but the Bible's so rich. Yeah. Um, it's so rich. And I love that you said five minutes because it can be five, five minutes. minutes. Yeah. It can be 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, depending on the day, right? Yeah. Like even just, just taking those, taking those opportunities, those uh, moments that we have, but we, we, we hope that you're encouraged by this and not like, yeah, <laughs> not like completely discouraged, but, um, cause we're, cause we're with you with it. So, all right. Last question. Um, here we go. You ready? Okay. This is a good one. This is one that's been, I'll be concise on this one. Will you? <laughs> okay. Me too. Cause it's not controversial. Yeah, it's not. Um, with all that's been happening in our nation and across the world, shouldn't the church take a bigger stand than it is against the tyranny of the government and the ungodly laws that are challenging our freedoms as Canadians and as Christians? Concise. So there we go. I, okay. So we are studying the book of Acts. Yeah. And, and we are seeing that there are all sorts of things that are happening to the church, mm. all sorts of freedoms that are being challenged and sometimes removed. And it is incredible to read how incessant and in our persistent the church was and the apostles were to proclaim the word mm-hmm. and to pray and to do acts of mercy. So understanding it's a more complicated answer than that. But if we're to begin to have this conversation and if we, um, and, and understanding that the scripture does speak about social justice issues. Yeah. The primary issue is the gospel always. And, the work of the triune God to save and to renew. That has to be our primary. And then flowing out of that, um, then flowing out of that, we can speak about social issues, but they do not consume us. They are part of us. And we want to, um, we want to, uh, be able to, to, to be those who speak up for the, the poor and the, the, those who are treated, uh, without justice mm-hmm. and um, especially the vulnerable among us. So that becomes part of our, the overflow of the gospel from our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the new Testament church just spent a lot of time with God. Mm-hmm. And the, the issue with 
Canada right now is not the tyranny of the government and ungodly laws that are challenging our freedoms. The issue with Canada right now is we have way too small of a view of God. Yes. Yeah. And that's what the Bible wake, uh, will, will wake us up to is God is a God. Jesus sits on the throne and we come to worship Jesus. And that is primary. And so some of the tyranny of the government and some of the ungodly laws will be um, there. It's not that they're diminished, but they'll be put in the right place. Um, mm. That that's not the major battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would finally say, I don't know how concise this is, but I would finally say that a lot of the, a lot of the conversation as I hear it, that's going on among the churches after, as we travel through COVID, among some of the churches as we travel through COVID, has become more political. Yeah, yep. More political. And so it's not just agreeing with the gospel. Now it's agreeing with politics or, or certain political perspective. And I think that's the amazing thing about the book of Acts is it was the gospel. You agreed with the God and, and, and the gospel accomplished great things. So yeah. whether, I mean, in the book of Acts, there, there were some very oppressive per, persecuted times for the, for the, but you still read the word spread, the word spread. Yeah. The word. You don't need, I mean, you, you love, you want to have freedom in a country, but even if there's tyranny of the government and ungodly laws that are challenging our freedoms, that never hinders the gospel. And if God is big and if Jesus reigns and if we are filled with the Holy Spirit, um, the church is in an awesome place uh, to be able to say, uh, you know, believe on Jesus, repent of your sins, be baptized, and he changes you and he gives you life and the freedom of loving one another and worshiping God is never taken away. So mm-hmm. that, that has to remain the focus. And then the overflow of that is uh, love and mercy. Mm-hmm. So. I I think that's a great answer because I do think that it's easy for any of us to kind of, um, to get, to get maybe, maybe obsessed is too, (laughs) too strong of a word, but to get caught in that, um, in that chasing, trying to almost like chase the moralization of our, of our nation and Mm -hmm. of our country. Now you and I, and as a church, we do not agree with a lot of things. Okay, that that uh, uh, some of the some of the bills that have come out that that we've been very honest about saying like we're not good with this biblically mm-hmm. speaking. This is um, when it, especially when it comes to things like sanctity of life and mm-hmm. and um, and just the protection of the vulnerable, social mm-hmm. justice. Even what's been recently in the news with the residential schools, like you and like we are. We are we're so saddened. we're saddened. It's we're sad. brokenhearted for for where our country's at, um, but we do from scripture. We do have a beautiful blueprint of how God has called us to respond in times such as these, just by watching how the yeah. church responded in the yeah. early days when they were faced with a lot of the same things. Mm-hmm. 
And I love that we've been going through, I mean, if you just think over, over the pandemic, we've gone through first Peter mm-hmm. and it just spoke right to it right yeah. at the beginning. This yeah. is, you know, this is it. Yeah. Um, the book of acts and we did some David in the midst of yeah. in the midst of that, but everything that we've been looking at and, and going through in scripture together as a church has just been solidifying the fact that like you said jesus is on his throne jesus is reigning our main calling is to the is to the gospel Mm -hmm. is to you know caring well for the community caring well for one another praying for one another and of course standing firm on the gospel no doubt about that but that doesn't mean that that the you know, we're always battling for the moralization of our, of our Mm -hmm. culture. What we should be battling for is that our culture would hear the gospel, that our community would hear the gospel out of a heart of compassion and care, not out of, you know, not out of hitting people over the head. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know. And I keep on going back to Acts 13, but Paul, this was Paul's first recorded sermon in a Gentile territory. And he could have proclaimed all sorts of things. Um, and in Acts 13, like he stands, I proclaim to you the forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ. His, he could, it's like he, he, the entire Old Testament story, the death and resurrection of Jesus. And then he says, therefore, and you're just wondering like, what, what issue is he going to address? How can he make this? And he says, the best news that you can hear is the forgiveness of sins. And then he talks about being justified uh, by faith, being justified, not by works of the law. And you're Mm -hmm. like that that is the healing that that's the healing um of that our society needs Mm -hmm. for the church to regain a sense of the greatness of god um and the essence of the gospel and the indwelling presence of the holy spirit that heals a nation that's the calling of a church and i'm not downplaying individual callings and being a voice in the community and all of that but um, the church, if the church is not going to, um, talk about a big God and a strong personal gospel, then people just aren't going to hear it. Mm -hmm. Um, the church needs to rise up and, and our focus needs to be as it was not just in acts, but throughout scripture. Cause even in acts 13, all the old Testament pointed to Jesus. Um, Jesus old Testament is only understood through Jesus. So to, to know that Jesus, um, and people say, oh, that's too, it's not, it's incredibly complex to maintain a focus on the greatness of God. It is. The, the Canadian church's God is too small. Mm. Um, mm. Jesus, we, we almost, it's like others sit on the throne. God is a transcendent, majestic, holy, um, personal God, yes. just and righteous. Uh, and Jesus sits on the throne and that's our confidence our freedom in Christ. I couldn't think of anything better just to end it on, but that's so Very thankful good. for these, uh, for these conversations and these discussions, David. Thanks Tyler. Again, you can check us out online at um, gospelcenteredrest.com. 